This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. With rain in the forecast for much of the western Corn Belt for the weekend, Stonex market analyst Donna Hughes says weather will be the focus when traders return to the market Sunday evening. We're going to come back in on Sunday night and see what's happened over the weekend with weather. And um, then after that, we'll look to crop conditions on Monday afternoon from USDA. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzalo says South American production is supporting the row crop somewhat, while rain pressured the wheat complex. The wheat, which is usually my leader in this market as far as the upside potential, especially in the big picture, in the longer term, it's really taking out some key weekly lows here, taking out last week's low led by the hard red wheat, as you say, suggesting some better rainfall potential. I mean, the market really has gone from... <clears throat> not being nervous at all here at the end of the week about the hard red wheat crop to realizing that we continue to lose good to excellent conditions by a whopping three points on Monday afternoon's numbers by USDA. According to Statistics Canada, Canadian farmers are expected to increase wheat and durum acres while reducing barley and canola acres from last year. StatsCan's planting intentions reports as farmers imp intend to plant 20.9 million acres of canola this spring. That's down 7% from last year and it is below trade expectations. All wheat acres are expected to be at 25 million acres, 7% more than last year and above the highest trade guess. Durham acres are expected to increase 12% to 6.2 million acres. Barley acres are expected to be down 9% year over year to 7.5 million acres. DTN Canadian Grains Analyst Cliff Jamison says the attention now would turn to weather. We're going to be watching that, um, that weather pattern that uh, is, is going to cause more problems in, in southeast Saskatchewan and uh, potentially even Manitoba over the uh, week ahead. And uh, we are going to get a late start to, to planting in, in the eastern prairies and that will be watched closely. Agrisampo North America market analyst Sterling Smith says the grains have been well supported, but the livestock markets are weak. We had export sales for corn come out, and while they were good, uh, they weren't maybe quite as solid as I think some people were looking for, so that was a little bit of a downdraft. By the same token, we had China come in and make another big flash sale for old, uh, old crops, so well supported right now. We're still tagging towards life of contract highs, and we are getting precariously close to that 843.5 all-time record high and seeing that happen with old crop. Utterback Marketing President Bob Utterback says this market has been skittish about the stock market and the impact of inflation. Demand also is a concern for this livestock market. Over on the hog market, you know, we was up to 122 and we've sold off pretty hard here. Now we're getting down in this 113. I don't think we'll get back below 110, but it's a it's, a, it's the catch of 22 we've been talking about for several months now. Is on the supply side, we're not building any more inventory with high food prices. There's no incentive to increase more production. But on the demand side, with every, all the prices going through the roof, I went and bought some bacon the other day. And I almost gagged when I, the price I had to pay at the grocery counter. So tastes and preferences are going to shift away from the pork and beef and to chicken. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan.
Here's Ken Divert from BASF. Yeah, 2022 will be all about a solid residual weed control program to help stretch that glyphosate and Liberty supply. And Ingenia and Zidua, for example, may be applied pre up to V6 in dicamba tolerant soybean. And this will help reduce your need for glyphosate and Liberty and help ease those supplies. Ingenia and Zidua may be applied pre and post to maximize those yields. Talk to your local retailer about using the most flexible residual program for dicamba tolerant soybean. World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the Northern Plains, we will see a little pocket of additional cooling taking place in the northeast corner of North Dakota and northwestern Minnesota. To South America, it looks like Argentina will be dry for a few more days, and Brazil will see scattered showers and thunderstorms benefiting many crop areas. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. Farm News This Week in Agriculture, I'm Randy Conan. There are 29 states dealing with highly pathogenic avian influenza. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack said nearly 600 federal and state workers are part of the response effort. Uh, we're concerned, obviously, about rapid spread, and that's why we have encouraged producers to be very careful about biosecurity. I would say that we, uh, I think, have seen improvements in that respect. We, we more rapidly uh, identify AI. We more rapidly respond, we more rapidly quarantine, we more rapidly depopulate and dispose compared to where things were in 2014 and 15. USDA has paid out $146 million in indemnity payments to poultry farmers. Another $263 million has been allocated to deal with the outbreak. The number of highly pathogenic avian influenza cases continues to climb in Minnesota. Agriculture Commissioner Tom Peterson says cases are popping up all across the state. Uh, we're just seeing it pop, kind of popcorn around the state. You know, we are heavy in the uh, poultry region in central Minnesota, but we're seeing it pop up in southern Minnesota, northern Minnesota, um, you know, and we just continue. The good thing is that we are seeing it, you know, if it is coming in from wild birds, we're not seeing a lateral spread from farm to farm. So that means from 2015 and now our biosecurity plans are maybe working uh, good from what we're hearing. And Peterson says the number of wild birds with avian flu is also much larger than it was in 2015. During the House Agriculture Committee hearing on the cattle market, South Dakota Congressman Dusty Johnson said the concentration in the packing industry has made the industry vulnerable. I mean, we've had a system that drives to efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. I think we've wrung out all of the cushion and all of the slack in this food supply chain and that means when we get hit with a cybersecurity attack, when we get hit by a, a fire like at Holcomb, when we get hit by COVID, uh, we see massive price shocks to both consumers and producers. And so I had asked the CEO of JBS, you know, what is the plan for dealing with a, a system that is frankly not resilient enough against those kind of shocks? Uh, and he didn't have an answer. Frankly, he didn't seem to think that there was any problem. And I think that is a serious concern. Johnson thinks that beef market is just too fragile. Ranchers and packers testified before the House Agriculture Committee on Wednesday about competition. Committee Chairman David Scott cited allegations made in 2015 that the four major beef packers conspired to reduce supplies to push profits higher. The National Cattlemen's Beef Association's President Don Schiefelbein testified before the House Ag Committee urging strong enforcement of the Packers and Stockyards Act. The Minnesota cattlemen also emphasized that the government should not manipulate the markets.
We mentioned earlier that the marketplace is an incredibly complex situation in agriculture. I don't know how many of you recall the 1986 dairy buyout when the government decided to put its finger into the marketing place. I was a victim of that. That was the most awful disruption of beef cattle prices in the history of the beef cattle industry. And again, it's those points when you say, I know the marketplace needs some adjustment to get back into play, but the last thing we want to do is inject the government into the marketplace in a manner where we can't get it back out. In his State of the State address, Minnesota Governor Tim Wall said Minnesota is strong and moving forward. With less than one month left in the state legislative session, Walls emphasized the need to find common ground on the budget surplus. Walls would like to cut taxes for the middle class without cutting taxes for corporations. That's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. Microessentials from the Mosaic Company delivers two forms of sulfur, providing early season health and nutrients throughout the season. Most crops will use sulfur throughout the entire season, and it's important for sulfur because one of the key components that sulfur helps with in our crop is quality, whether it's test weight, whether it's oil, whether it's protein. And so we want to make sure that we have enough sulfur throughout that entire growing season to adequately supply that crop to get the best yield that it can. Ask your local retailer about smarter crop nutrition with microessentials. The impact of back-to-back -back spring storms linger long after the snow has melted. Ranchers have suffered significant losses to their livestock herds, buildings, and fences. The North Dakota Stockmen's Association and North Dakota Stockmen's Foundation have created a disaster relief fund to support these ranchers. You too can contribute to this effort. Visit the Hope After Haley tab on the North Dakota Stockmen's Association website to find out more. This message comes to you courtesy of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor for the Red River Farm Network. Thompson, North Dakota is one area in the Red River Valley that's experienced severe flash flooding lately. The flooding reminds farmer Brian Tweeten of spring 2020. So far this month, there's been nine inches of rain in the gauge at the Thompson farm. Uh, farm down to Hillsborough too. Uh, we've had eight and a half inches down there. So it's saturated and there's, the frost hasn't come out yet, so there's nowhere to go except down the ditch or down the river. Tweeten was hoping to be in the field planting by now, but that will have to wait until the fields dry out in a few weeks. The latest Tweeten has ever planted a crop is May 15th. That was in 2020, a big prevent plant year. Rock and roll agronomy owner and agronomist Jason Hansen says a few sunny days with 60 and 70 degree temps would allow farmers to get out to plant. It may be the second week in May before that happens. Hansen says farmers can plant quickly if the conditions are just right. If delays continue, however, there could be acreage switches. I met with farmers last week and there, there was no talk of preventive plant. People have their plans. What they're going to do is involve uh, barley and wheat and canola and soybeans and corn and field peas and sunflowers. Those are the main crops. I would say that, depending on the weather, maybe uh, some of that corn would change our maturity if we get out another 10 days. But at this point, I think everybody is set to go where they're at. After two blizzards hit North Dakota in the last few weeks, livestock producers are still recovering. NDSU Extension Forage Crops Production Specialist James Rogers says this past storm hit harder further out west. So we're getting reports of a lot of snow accumulation, a lot of people with electrical outages, 
livestock producers are struggling with death loss. They're going to be struggling with uh, cows that have abandoned calves or calves that are orphaned due to loss of the cow. So just a lot of extreme conditions out there in the in the West. And we're going to continue to struggle uh, through this spring because of delayed green up. They're going to have to hold cattle back from turnout longer than they would normally do. So it's just going to put a strain on the whole system. Roger says the amount of snow could have lasting effects on livestock. Well, one of the things that we've been um, telling producers to watch out for is scours showing up in caves. Um, just these conditions, we've got mud, we've got uh, cattle that are in a confined area. Uh, it just sets up for conditions that could breed um, possibility of scours outbreak. So just be aware of that, look for that. If you see anything developing that is unusual in your cow herd or in your, in your calf crop, uh, such as death losses that you have not normally had, Contact your veterinarian as soon as possible. With up to 48 inches of snow dumped in some areas of western North Dakota, farmers are hopeful the soil profile moisture has been replenished. Oliver County Extension agent Rick Schmidt says moisture depends on how much stubble was left on the fields. Like even in our particular case, we estimated we had 26 inches of snow and we had 15 foot drifts in a lot of the fields that may have had like soybeans or not a, an awful lot of stubble height to them, they were pretty much bare. But the, the thing that was different, the second storm that come through had an awful lot of rain and that's gone in. Basically, there's very little runoff from, from the rain side of it. So I would say that it's not going to have as much moisture on the crop fields that were, you know, short stubble, but um, they've had a lot of rain estimated here in the last three weeks, we're probably pushing close to six inches of moisture. That's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in, and West Central Ag Services understands that. Introducing Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your potential yield. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this way. West Central Ag Services, local, innovative, and customer driven. Be listening for Crop Watch every Tuesday during Agriculture Today on many of these Red River Farm Network stations. Each week, we'll travel a different part of our listening area and report what farmers, crop consultants, extension specialists, and crop experts have to say. Join us each Tuesday at 1237 for Crop Watch. It's a great way to hear about crop and weather conditions all across the Northern Plains. Crop Watch, brought to you by Ag Country Farm Credit Services and BASF.